Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is SENZ, Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on your Wednesday morning. Happy hump day, Izzy. How you doing? How you feeling about the week now? You, 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 you're nearly halfway there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a feeling good, man. Feeling really good. Had a good sleep last night and had, had a pretty productive day. Um, just getting a few things, few things sorted, and you know, slowly getting through the week. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I was thinking, wow, it's only Wednesday already, so it's come around pretty quick. And uh, you know what Wednesday means? Hopefully, uh, a potential fill up on on the TAB or, or two. And wow, getting ready to watch that game tonight, which is the Black Caps taking on Australia, and it's starting the game. Wow, it's already had a bit of momentum, isn't it? It's, uh, the biggest crowd, as Aroha alluded to, in, in a decade is going to take place in Wellington tonight, and all eyes will be on that to see how this Black Caps team can take on Australia. But just Ed, Ed sent her a message. Morena, is he? I backed a horse at Urawa last night, not Uawa. <laughs> Race 7, Golden Sonic, $5 each way, and it won with my winnings, Cuzzy. And I are going to race by Grins. Are you coming? No, I won't be coming, Ed. So enjoy that. I haven't been to that event. And um, it looks like a hell of a night. But Golden Sonic, Rick Dog, yeah. paid $29.80 and $6.50. So, Ed, how did you pick that for one? And where was the wee tip, mate? I just had a look. $29.80 at one on the tab, mate. In the Urawa, where is that? For it's down one. in the necky, isn't it? Urawa? Is it <laughs> down the necky? Nah. It's over, uh, I'll find it for you. Yesterday, oh. it is, I had to scroll right down the page. When you're going right down the page, you, you're you not even anywhere near Australia. So he has <laughs> gone to Japan. He's gone to Japan. Oh, Japan. He's in Japan, mate. Japan. He's punting in Japan. Yeah. You might have to take a big, deep look at yourself, mate, <laughs> going all the way down that page, that I, wee dabble. I've just done some quick maths. Ed's mm. $10 bet, $5 each way, earned him $181.50. <laughs> so well done, Edward. Why can't we do that? I don't know, mate. Why can't we do that? That's a very, Maybe very Maybe 8.40, we'll have to get someone to fill up, eh? Yeah, well, we've got Mitch Davis from uh, Love, uh, Love Racing. He's one of their form analysts coming mm. on. So uh, fingers crossed, Pookie tonight or today, I should say. Uh, so there's a few few running around. So hopefully he can steer us into a couple. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I've had a wee go today, Pookie. Have you already? Yeah, I've had a wee go today. What have you stopped? Look, things aren't going. <laughs> well, things aren't going too well uh, on the field for for Bears at the moment. And uh, so I hit him up. I just you know take his mind away from. From the game and the pressures that Test Cricket brings you. And I just said, mate, have you got me a tip? Have you got me a tip for today? And, well, he just sent back two words. And he said, Pukakawi, race two, mm-hmm. race two, yeah. number six, first innings. Ooh. First innings. So he's after a solid first innings. So I don't know if that's any correlation to what he's after. But first innings written by Opie. And there's only no, you know, Opie's on a bit of a, a bit of a high at the moment. Trained by Andrew Forsman. It's had three starts, a fourth, an eighth, and a second place in its last one. It's come it start opened at four dollars fifty and it's come into as low as three dollars twenty. It's currently sitting at three dollars fifty. So it's taken a bit of money. It's drawn number ten, um, but yeah, I've had a wee wee little sniff of that one. Nice, nice. Tell you what, I had a sniff at. 
mate, and it's not mm-hmm. racing related. It's football related. You'd be, okay. be surprised to hear. Uh, but Ma- <laughs> Manchester City play Brentford this morning in the Premier mm-hmm. League as a catch-up game. And um, Erling Haaland has just not mm-hmm. long back from injury. He scored a couple. Then the other day he had a mere, just couldn't hit anything. He's the sort of player that he'll be frustrated, he'll be fired up, and he's going to come out and he's going to hurt someone. Brentford have conceded a few recently. They're without their best defender in Ethan Pinnock as well. Yep. I've taken uh, Erling Haaland to score three or more goals at nine bucks. Mm. Wow. You think it's a goer? I think it's a goer, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a stab. It's a bit of a roughie, but I just liked it. I was like, got a feeling. Got a feeling he'll have a crack. Got a feeling? Yeah. Well, if you've got a feeling and anyone knows something, that is you, Rick Dog. So Erling Haaland to dominate... And score some goals. So we'll keep up to date with that. When does that take place? That uh, kicks off at 8.30 this morning. Beautiful. Actually, Ed's just come back and said he managed to get on that horse at 61s. Oh, you're having a laugh, are you? (laughs) 61s. So do the maths. Do the maths on that one. Oh, 61 (laughs) times 5 equals 305. Plus whatever it was playing for the place that he got on. (laughs) Ed, can can you just explain why? Did you like the name? Why'd you go to Japan? Did you get a little bit of gravy and you didn't share it? Well us, done, Ed. Give us a call. You'll shout. Give us a call. <laughs> Tell us. Tell us. 0800 Actually, coming up on the show, bit of a theme today, is it? Mm. We've gone Harry's. We've gone Harry's. Yeah. I didn't even realise until Robbie pointed it out yesterday. I just put it in the chat. Oh, okay, so we've got Harry Simeo from Talk Sports to talk us through the Champions League game for this week. Uh, we've got Harry, uh, Chris Harris, Harry Harris, um, after seven to talk us through the cricket. And after eight o'clock, uh, we're going to talk to Harry Godfrey <laughs> from the from the Hurricanes. Maybe it should be the Hurricanes um, after this. And um, so it's a little bit of a theme. We've got all the Harrys on today. We've got all the Harrys, mate. Oh, I didn't pick up on that, and Robbie did as well. So uh, maybe they're going to bring some wizardry today and add a little bit of Harry, Hot, Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potterness Harry, in maybe, there. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Tony Kidd is also going to join us. Uh, maybe we'll just yeah. call him Harry Kidd for the day just so he themes up all right. Uh, but he is the CEO of the South Island bid for an NRL franchise. So he's going to join us at 7.40 as well. And uh, we, we might get some learnings about exactly where that's going and what they're, t- what they're tying with the North Sydney Bears is. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really um, looking forward to this conversation with Tony Kidd because I, I reckon it's gathering a little bit of more traction than we think. In the background, there would have been a lot of work Going under the under the table at the moment, just getting this in the air. And after seeing last weekend's sold-out stadium in the South Island, it'll be no surprise that the NRL has taken hasn't taken any notice of, of that uh, current you know that game on the weekend when it was all sold out. So, mate, I'm looking forward to that and just seeing where they're at, the kind of how it may potentially look. You know, the conversations that he's had with other clubs, the alignment with Canterbury Rugby League, you know, where does that sit? There's so much talent down here. The Canterbury um, Bulls team, the Rugby League uh, fraternity down here is thriving. There's a nice competition at club level here in Christchurch. So, yeah, really looking forward to that conversation, Rick Dog. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's going to be good, actually. Uh, we'll get, get a steer on that. Let's crack into this, though, at 12 past six. Round one, five. The three big questions of the day, triple threat. Tommy Turbo is now Tommy Tutu. He's been doing <laughs> ballet 
uh, to help with that hamstring issue that's kept him out of so many games over the last three seasons. Got me thinking, in your career, both with the the, uh, Crusaders and with the All Blacks, what different training methods did you try in your career or were you steered into um, to, to, to help add something to your game? Do you, do you know what? This is probably my biggest regret mm. is not branching out and exploring different ideas and, and different methods of training. I guess when, you, when you're going through what Tommy Turbo has gone through for the last wee while, you have to think out of the square. And I never really had any niggly injuries that were reoccurring. Um, I, I had calf in 2015 that uh, were, were quite niggly. And when I think back to the, did I branch out, did I not explore? No, I didn't. And I wish I did. And it sounds like John Clark, the head of performance at Manly, is very creative and has come up with ways to, to think out, outside of the square. And you think of the greatest athletes in the world, like LeBron James, for a fact. Everyone knows the LeBron James story. But invests a million dollars into his body every single year mm. and, and gets it done. So for me, it wasn't more performance-based or, or looking after my body, the work that I did mostly throughout my career was, was up, upstairs, was the top two inches. Um, I, I knew I had the talent, and I knew I had the game to be one of the best players in the world, but it was trying to tell myself to believe it. And so I worked closely with a guy, you know, Gilbert Anoka with the All Blacks. He was very influential in my career. But a guy that has taken over from Gilbert Anoka is a guy called Kerry Evans. And Kerry Evans is a forensic psychologist. He works with, you know, your hardened criminals. And when I stepped into that room with Kerry Evans, it was probably the most intense couple of hours I've had in my entire life. He digs so deep into that brain, the functionality of it, and just tries to figure a few things out. So for me, I invested a little bit into into my mental side of the game, um, and, and that was probably the biggest, you know, um, kind of advancement I try to to do for my career. But I, I wish I did more, and I think we're going to see more too, Ricardo. Like gone are the days of you just being told to toughen up, harden up, and go out there and play rugby. Players are doing more jujitsu. Boxing, MMA, they're getting into the cages because there's a real correlation between rolling on the mats and rolling out in, in the field and clearing rucks. So there's a lot more of that. There's the, the hot and colds, the saunas that have just exploded. Now every man and their dog is, is doing that. And then you've got Pilates and yoga and stretching. Um, so I think it's becoming more prominent, but I've never heard anything like Tommy... To, to Tommy the Turbo going out and trying ballet, and I think it's great. I think it's great for him. He's found a, a niche that, because he's got problems with his feet yeah, and his ankles. Well, where do you do most of your work in ballet is on your toes and on your feet and strengthening them. So very creative, and, and I think it's going to pay dividends. Round two. Yesterday, the Warriors named their team to play the Dolphins in their trial match at Go Media Stadium on Saturday. Uh, this is the team, if you've missed it. Uh, no chance Nickel Clockstead through all the first three rounds with a hamstring injury. So Tane uh, Tuaupeki is at fullback. Dallin Waitini, Zelezniak, Marcelo Montoya on the wings. Rocco Berry, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck in the centres. Luke Metcalf, Sean Johnson in the halves. 
Adam Fanua, Blake, Wade Egan, Mitch Barnett, the front row. Jackson Ford, Kurt Capel, the second row, and Tohu Harris, lock. Given who's available, is that mm. – are we looking at the starting team for round one? Is that the best team? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd have to say that's right there, isn't it? When you when you look at that team, you, you're pretty wow. You're pretty pretty amazed with uh, the talent that is oozing out of that team. You know, chances is a huge loss. He was probably the fullback of the year in the competition last year. It was all the little work he did um, outside of their own half, just just ate up meters constantly. So Tane Tuaupiki, who we saw last year in preseason. And when I first saw this this kid, I thought, man, he's he's going to have a big future if he gets the opportunity. He's only a small bloke, but he's got great feet, and he's very, very tough. So th- this is an opportunity for Tane to to cement his spot. But outside of that, mate, how impressive is it? Like Kurt Capewell, we're going to get our first look at him. Coming from the Bronx, a very experienced um, um, player. That combination with Tohu, we know how great he is. And how good is it when you've got Marata Niakore on the bench? You know who I, I feel was one of the standout players for the Warriors last year, um, coming in on their right edge. You know, linking up with uh, your Sean Johnsons, running those nice balls. So, mate, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, pretty formidable. And Adam Pompey, you know, mm. Adam Pompey last year playing centres has been brushed to the bench because RTS is, is showing signs at centre that he's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, I like it. All right. Round three. We talk about player form a lot, right? Baz has been mm. in the news saying that he's backing Johnny Bairstow to come right in the India series because he's been awful. Um, Gary Stead has said similar things about Devin Conway. As a player, did you ever ask to be benched if things were going badly and you felt like, you know what, it's just not rolling for me, I need a break? Nah, no way. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if any players ever, ever asked to be benched. Um I guess in the back of your mind, you know it's 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 coming, and I, like I've I think back to my career when I was playing Paul, and I knew it was coming. But consistently, coaches, when you have that relationship and you've been there, and, and you know it's 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 form to an extent, but you are talented and you are good enough to be there. So it's actually a little bit more than that. And I think a lot of these athletes, and particularly from my experience put so much more pressure on themselves on themselves than they probably really need to and it's and it's really it's so close it's a lot closer than you think rediscovering that form um and and for Johnny Best though and for for players out there that are struggling when the pressure comes on you can probably try a little bit too hard and you go looking for that um that extra thing and I'll never forget this conversation I had with Richie McCall when I was struggling. And I thought I was struggling because for me, the big moments, scoring tries, making big breaks, you know, standing out above everyone else, that was where I took my form from. But he sat me down and he said, Is the greatest players in the world, they do the basics, they do the simple things well every single time. And if you can nail the basics, the fundamentals of your sport every single time, those big magical moments will flow on from that. So I took so much away from that um, that conversation with with Rico. Just you know, because for me, scoring tries and making big breaks was where I was playing my game. But the reality is, it's 
nailing those basic fundamentals of your sport. And for, for Johnny, it's getting out there, you know, getting some crease presence, um, playing the ball on the front foot. Devin Conway's the same. Like, he is class, and we know what he can do. He did it at the ODI World Cup last year with Russian Ravindra. So it, it will come, and I think the great coach coaches, they, they know that. And they won't buy into the uh, public pressure or the or the external pressure from reporters or media. Yeah, all right, nice answer, man. Nice answer and great insight as well. Uh, and speaking of insight, we've found out how Ed's mind works because he has sent us another text. Is he his last name was Sonic, and everyone knows that Sonic the Hedgehog is the fastest, <laughs> and his first name is Gold, like Golden Trip, like Gold Trip, and Urawa sounds like home. Simple Ed logic. Plus, plus four is my lucky number. <laughs> so that's how he picked it. Oh, my, Ed. Give me some of that luck. Can you do that with the lotto, mate? You know, a couple of million? And send me a logic for the numbers that you select on a Wednesday. Today's lotto day, so oh, yeah, to get, true. Out, get one. But, mate, Ed, love it. See, mate, that's it. In a nutshell, people overthink it. People go. overthink it. You just gotta find your simple formula like Ed and you get paid three hundred bucks, sixty one dollar <laughs> shot, charted out. Nice work, Ed. Uh yeah, love it. Keep it coming through. Double eight double three. We'll have more form for you later in the show uh with Love Racing analyst Mitch Davis. We've also got Harry Godfrey out of the Hurricanes, Tony Kidd from the South Island uh NRL bid coming up. Uh, Chris Harris after seven as well on the cricket. And Harry Simeo before seven on the Champions League. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. The Black Caps take on Australia in the first T20 tonight at Sky Stadium in Wellington. And we've got some tickets to give away. So if you're going to be in Wellington and you want to go to the game, text the words SENZ Cricket plus your email address. So SENZ Cricket, plus your email address. Text that through now to double eight double three, and you are in with a chance to win a double pass to the cricket tonight. Someone will get hold of you after the show. All right, so Ooh. we've got a few tickets to give away that. So if you want a ticket, double eight double three SENZ Cricket, plus your email address. How do you think it's going to go? Oh, man, I... Oh. Well, if you're in Wellington or you're around the region, make sure you get in touch with Double Eight Double Three. They'll be the hottest tickets in town. It's going to be a hell of a atmosphere there at Sky Stadium in Wellington. Um, how do I think it's going to go? <laughs> Look, I hope it's uh, it's entertaining, and I hope we are able to to compete. Uh, all eyes will be on Finn Allen, so hopefully uh, it goes out there and he goes out there and starts with a, with a bang. Because listen to Mitchell Marsh's conversation about that. He's um. You know, he's got, uh, holds him in pretty high regard. So I hope we compete, but there's something lingering over me that it may be a fizzler. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> am oh. I wrong? Robbie, am I just, uh, look, just be, Robbie, just be, yeah, come in here. Like, you can't, like, could be a fizzler, can't it? Uh, it could be. Could be a fizzler <laughs> the other way. Oh, what's the weather doing? Is that what you mean? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit pessimistic like you as well. But yeah, I think, um, in, in my mind, if anything's going to be the fizzler, it's going to be the tests. I feel like you know, I, I don't see us absolutely getting destroyed in the T20s. Um, yeah. 
just because, yeah, there's a bit less margin for error. But, yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts. Um, but, yeah, maybe we just maybe we just win. Maybe we just won. That'd be good. That'd be that'd be nice. I, I just uh, having a look here, and uh, the weather forecast today for Wellington. It's nine degrees right now, uh, a high of nineteen, and boom, boom, boom. According to the Met Service, not even any cloud. It's just sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Morning, afternoon, evening. So we should have an un- uninterrupted game. Um, you mentioned Finn Allen, Izzy. So did a few people talking to Mitch Santner, who is captaining the team at the T20s uh, against Australia. This is what Finale, uh, Mitch Santner had to say about Finn Allen. Yeah, I think, you know, someone who can kind of take the game away from you at the start is, is um, you know, it's pretty pretty important. We know that that power game he's got, and, and, you know, in the last series he showed that, you know, if he does get going, he can single-handedly kind of win a game for, for, for us. So... Um, and we know on the flip side, Warner, Head, Marsh, all these guys do the same. It's trying to generate the strike rate and the power play. It's the best time to bat and then cash in if you can after that. So um, I think the kind of combo between Conway and Finn is, is a good one. Conway likes to have a little you know, little look and then Finn obviously doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of combo that we're kind of, I guess, banking on for, for the World Cup. And then Kane and guys like this can come in after that. There you go. That was the skipper, Mitch Sandler, talking about uh, Finn Allen at the top. It'd be great to see him go bang. Would it give us a good start? Go bang. Go bang. Like, you've just got to chance your arm against Australia. Yes, it's got to be, you've got to be brave. You've got to put the pressure back on Australia. They will come out. I remember a story. I think it was Bears talking to me about a situation when they were playing Australia, and they were huddled out on the field. And uh, the Australians just walked out and circled their huddle. And and just playing that that big brother kind of scary scary mentality tactics, you know, trying to get in their their heads from the outset. There's going to be plenty of that. There's going to be plenty of chat. They're going to be trying to to put a bit of doubt in the Kiwis' heads. But mate, you just don't buy into it and go out there and flip the script and put that pressure right back on Australia. Go boom, son. Go boom indeed. Remember, if you want tickets and you're in Wellington, text double eight double three SENZ cricket. And your email address, and you're in for a chance to win a double pass to tonight's game. Uh, here's Araha for you now with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Gary Simeo, not too far away. Time now, though, for the Bunnings Trade Expos are back. Coming to Christchurch in Auckland, here are some sports news headlines. Stuff's Rugby League correspondent David Long is reporting that Stacey Jones is set to be named as the Kiwis coach after a board meeting of New Zealand Rugby League later today. Jones, if named, will be the first Kiwi coach of the national side since David Kidd will step down in 2017. Jones was assistant for the Kiwis last year and remains assistant under Andrew Webster for the Warriors this season. He beat out a number of other applicants for the job, including veteran supercoach Wayne Benedizzi. Common sense prevails. I know there'll be a lot of smiles around Kiwis land at the moment uh, from that news. It hasn't been announced. I think it's going to go to the board today and get confirmed. But, uh, you know, David Long doesn't miss too much. So you'd have to say that Stacey is set to be named. And how good is that? Hallelujah, really. 46 tests between 95 and 06. He's captain of the team a hell of a lot. He was assistant coach with Madge Maguire, so it's an easy transition um, going into that head coaching role and continue off because we absolutely dominated them 30-0 in that last game. So we won't see them play until October, I think, the Pacific Championship. So we get this sorted, 
and then normal result roles um, resume. So, mate, um, I, I think there'll be a lot of happy people around the country. In particular, there'll be a happy Tony Kemp who will be listening and, and hearing that news and just um, breathing a sigh of relief. And now this is an opportunity for, for Stace to enhance and advance his coaching career as well because I know he's got a lot of respect from the players and Andrew Webster there at the Warriors with the work that he does. So, um, yeah, easy decision. Uh, how, uh, was it an easy decision? How close do you think Wayne Bennett was, Rick Dog? Might have been pretty hard to say no to someone like Wayne Bennett if he throws his hat in the ring, to be mm. fair. I think yeah, does would. he still have a role? Is it, you, you see him potentially being an advisor or just thinking? Mm. Well, it, it depends if he wants to do it. He's done that before. So, yep. you know, I, th- I think there's a, a – reading some stuff in the Aussie press – he and Mel Meninga don't like each other very much, and there's a real rivalry mm. there. I think he saw this as an opportunity to put one over on Mel again. Ah, so he was doing it for the wrong reasons. Maybe. Really. Maybe. We need someone for the right reasons to be in, in the Kiwis, and someone that has worn the jersey 46 times and uh, knows what it means to represent your country. So I, I th- I'm happy. I'm very happy, and I think there'll be a lot of people out there that are, that are happy that this is happening. So well done to New Zealand Rugby League who are just down the road from the Warriors headquarters, that uh, they've come to the situation. So, yeah, it's good news, Rick. Good news indeed. Uh, not so good news. FIFA World Cup winner, Andreas Bremer, whose late penalty in the 1990 final against Argentina handed Germany their third world title, has died at the age of 63 overnight. The attacking fullback and dead ball specialist became an instant German football legend when his spot kick earned them a 1-0 victory over Diego Maradona's Argentina in the World Cup final in Rome. Inter Milan, with whom Bremer won the UEFA Cup, Serie A and Italian Super Cup, announced they're going to wear black armbands for their Champions League clash against Atletico Madrid today to mourn Bremer's passing. He won 86 caps for Germany, scored eight goals, including the one he's best remembered for in the 1990 final. You got good memories of, of Bremer? Yeah, yeah, good I do. Job. I mean, uh, th- to be fair, that 1990 World Cup final was one of the worst World Cup finals, of, or probably the worst World Cup final I've ever watched because um, yeah. Argentina were just trying to shithouse their way to the to the cup. Um, it yep. was it was it was ten hatchet men and Maradona basically. Yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah. Was a, uh, so it was a yeah, it was it was a tough watch that final, but the Germans deserved it and they they got it won. So uh, yeah, I, I remember Andreas Bremer taking that penalty and getting uh, the one 0 win. It was unusual that he took it, I think, because it, like you see, he didn't score many. And they had the guy called uh, Lothar Mateus in the German team. He was their captain. He was the libero. He was like the playmaker. Uh, and he was the guy that I thought was going to take the penalty, but they gave it to Bremer and he scored it, and they won that World Cup final. Beautiful, man. Oh, I'm just thinking about that that date, and I was two years of age. <laughs> <laughs> I was. How old was I? I was. I would. I would. I turned 18 that year. I think I was probably 17 when that World Cup was going oh, on. Rector. <laughs> okay, beautiful, mate. You'll have vivid memories of that. Yeah. And you, was it? Was it in colour? Yeah, it was in colour. It was in colour. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. They even had sound, does he? Lee, <laughs> <Holy>, wow. <laughs> uh, now I know. I know. I know. You've 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 had some paydays in your time, mate. But nothing like this. I don't think. At least as far as I know. Uh, but Killian and Bappe. 
is about oh, to get it out. Why do you even put me in the same <laughs> is about to take a pay cut to join Real Madrid from PSG this summer in a move that's already been described as the most expensive free transfer in history. The France international, who's already told PSG is going to leave the club at the end of the season, will be a Real player on July the 1st. Real are prepared to make him the highest paid player in their history, although on a lower salary than he earns at PSG. What does that tell you? Where his wages are £171 million a year. Now, Sky Sports UK are reporting that the money that Real Madrid would have paid on the transfer fee, they're basically just going to pay it to the player instead. So he's going to get a signing-on fee that they reckon could be around £100 million just to sign the contract to sign for them. (laughs) Mate, it is a joke. It is an absolute joke. Look, he's one of the biggest names in world football, but... Yeah, like the the figures that were rolling around for PSG to to hold them, like it was in the billion, wasn't it? Like it was, it was the numbers I saw. I was like, nah, you're having a laugh, you're having a joke. Like this is getting out of control. This is a bit like the IPL, but the IPL is probably a little bit more restricted. They got the cash on offer, but him to go there and get a hundred million pound, which is. Two hundred million New Zealand dollars just to sign that piece of paper that's mm-hmm. worth five cents. Yep, it's big money, wow. mate. Big money. <laughs> it's uh, twenty away from seven. We'll get Harry Simio's reaction to that and the Champions League games happening this week as well. We'll do that next. Those are your sports news headlines. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back. Register now for a free on the Bunnings Trade website. Harry Simeo joins us now to talk some football, Champions League and Premier League uh, getting underway uh, today. Morning, Harry. How are you doing? Morning, guys. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Are you getting paid as much as Kylian Mbappe is to go to Real Madrid? (laughs) I wish I was. I wish I was, but sadly I'm not. Oh, mate, that's disappointing. That's disappointing. Hey, uh, before we get into the Champions League, I want to ask you, I I mentioned this to Izzy earlier this morning. Um, I just got got one of those feelings. Got one of those feelings. I thought after the way he went the other day against Chelsea, Erling Haaland will be fizzing today, so I've backed him to score three or more goals at nine bucks. What do you reckon? (laughs) Three or more goals, that's a big shout. Um, But it's Manchester City, so it's possible. Um, you know, I expect them to win quite comfortably uh, against a Brentford side that are really, really struggling this season. They've been plagued by injuries, uh, Brentford, and they've really had a, a tough time of it in terms of trying to feel the competitive 11. They've got Ivan Tony back now, of course, after his ban, but they're just not quite the same side that they were maybe a couple of seasons ago, although they did run Manchester City quite close um, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, of course, at home. But at the Etihad tonight, I expect Manchester City to steamroll through them. And Erling Haaland probably will get on the goal-scoring sheet because he was very disappointed in his own personal performance the other day. Great to have you on, Heza. And thanks for just kind of deflating um, Ricardo's kind of <laughs> punt there. Three goals. That's a hell of a lot of goals. And you know he's come back from injury. He burst back after 71 games without scoring goals and then scored twice. So could be a chance, mate. But uh, today we've got a bit of Champions League taking place. And we're going to talk about uh, Inter taking on Atletico this morning. How big of a loss is Alavro Morata? Yeah, it's a big loss for Atletico Madrid. Alvaro Morata is somebody that came to the Premier League a few years back. Uh, He joined Chelsea and he came and he was a little 
little bit hit and miss during his time in the Premier League. And he'd gone from having this huge reputation. He initially broke through at Real Madrid, didn't really make the grade there, moved on, joined a few clubs, spent some time at Juventus as well. Um, but at Atletico Madrid, it's like he's found his home. He's been so important for them, not just in terms of goal scoring, but in terms of creating space for others, stretching opposition defences. He's such a complete forward player. Um, the, the only criticism you'd ever have of Alvaro Morata is that he doesn't put the ball in the back of the net often enough for someone that gets into those positions. But he's a bit like Darwin Nunez in that sense, in that he brings chaos against whoever he plays against. And you just you, you, you love the benefit of that. And it, it sort of outweighs some of the negatives. But to be without him, for sure, uh, is a blow for Atletico. And I'm really intrigued, actually, to see what kind of Atletico Madrid are going to turn up because over the years in the Champions League they've been this steely hard-working side that have you know been really really competitive really defensive above anything else but from sort of listening to people that, that follow the Spanish League a lot closer than I do it feels like they're changing their way a little bit I'm interested to see if they will change the way they approach this European tie or if we'll see them revert back to type. Yeah well I mean under uh, Diego Simeone i, I... I think the term shithouse has been used several times. Um, I guess it's just whether they can do that away in Milan. Because Zinsa are flying at the moment. Only 10 points clear at the top of Serie A. Uh, I think they're favourite to win the game. But are they a dark horse for the Champions League title as well? I think you've got to take Inter seriously. They made the final of the competition last year. Um, I expect them, as you mentioned, to have the Serie A title wrapped up pretty early on as well, which means that they'll be able to turn their attention to the, the Champions League without it really having any consequences domestically. They've found a brilliant forward partnership in Lautaro Martinez and Marcus Turam, who they picked up last summer on a free transfer. He's been brilliant. And Simone Inzaghi, the manager, is renowned for his record in cup competitions. He's never actually won a, a Serie A league title. He's probably going to pick up his first this season but in the cups he's always gone really really well and I don't think people realize how big an achievement it was last season to get to the final for a side like Inter. Um, Serie A has dropped off in comparison to some of the other leagues because of the financial aspect and they've fallen a little bit behind. Inter's financial situation is pretty pre precarious as well but that's a story for another day but if they can keep progressing through the rounds in this competition they'll be making plenty of revenue off the back of the tv rights and all the rest of it and that will go a long way in easing the club's burden and problems so yeah i think inter are the favorites for this tie overall and they should be considered dark horses but it's atletico madrid in the champions league you just can't ever write them off Right, indeed, mate. Now, I know you have Arsenal leanings, and they're probably in the best position they've been in a while to win a Premier League title. I think it's been, what, 21 years since they've done that. Is there a danger, though, for you as an Arsenal fan that Champions League becomes a distraction? Have they got the depth to go on both fronts? Um, I think they've got more depth than they had last season, uh, that's for sure. I think the problem is, is that that depth element kind of gets cancelled out when you're suffering with a number of injuries. And Arsenal still have a number of key players out. They're hoping to get some of them uh, back sooner rather than later. I've been told today that Fabio Vieira um, has travelled with the squad to Porto. Thomas Partey's back in training, but he hasn't made the trip 
over to Portugal. It's just come around a little bit too soon for him. But Zinchenko's still out. Tomiyasu's still out. Timber is still out as well. So there's a number of players that Mikel Arteta needs to get back. If he does, then I would argue they do have the depth. And the Champions League is a competition that Arsenal as a football club have never won. Um, and, and that's that's crazy to think. A club of that size have never been crowned European champions. And so, you know, some people might look at it as a bit of a distraction, but I actually think they've got a greater chance of winning the Champions League than they do the Premier League. And if they could win the Champions League, I don't think anybody would be uh, worried if that meant a drop off in the Premier League, because that would be making history for the club. If you've been a good boy and Santa was looking after you, which one would you rather? Me, personally, I would say the Champions League, just because um, growing up as an Arsenal fan and, and following them over the years, I've experienced them winning the Premier League on three occasions. I saw them do it unbeaten as well, something that I don't think will ever be matched. Um, and the Champions League is, is the one that's missing. And I remember sort of crying my eyes out at the final <laughs> in 2006 when they were beaten by Barcelona. So for me, personally, that the, the Champions League is the... Uh, is the golden chalice for Arsenal this year? Uh, have you have you forgiven Jens Lehmann yet? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I even blame Jens Lehmann to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> n- nobody will will want me to say this, and and I know Arsenal fans will probably contest this, but I actually think Thierry Henry and the chances that he missed that night were more costly than the sending off of um, of Jens Lehmann because I think Arsenal really ought to have put that game to bed before Barcelona equalised. Uh, nice, Harry. All right, mate. Hey, listen, thanks very much for joining us this Cheers, morning. Cesar. Enjoy the games tonight and uh, your Arsenal tomorrow as well. Good luck to you. Eh? Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. All the best. Cheers. Harry Simeo there with us from Talk Sport. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're a couple of minutes away from 7 o'clock. A reminder, if you're in the Wellington region and you want to go and see the Black Caps take on Australia in the first T20 tonight, text us. This is what you have to do, okay? It's easy. Just text the words SENZ and cricket plus your email address to 8833. SENZ cricket and your email address 8833 and you're in with a chance to win a double pass to tonight's game at the Tim Stapleton's keen. Timmy Stapleton is really keen <laughs> and he has yet to complete the uh, the text com- uh, properly. I've, we've had seasons, is, we've had send, and we've had sends with no cricket. So, uh, just. <laughs> are you going to be that brutal? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's just that the way the system works, if they've ah. said text SENZ cricket, they search that and then they ah. that's what comes up. So, you've got to get it right. Otherwise, you just won't appear in the search. Okay. Well, there you go. A bit of clarity there, Timmy. S-E-N-Z Cricket. Then your email. Yeah, then your email address. Uh, keep them coming through. A big hour on on the way shortly. Uh, Chris Harry Harris is going to be there tonight, and he is going to be calling the game right here on S-E-N-Z. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. yes, indeed. And Tony Kidd in the next hour. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Welcome into the show. It is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. It is also Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Coming up on the show, Chris Harris joins us shortly. We'll preview that New Zealand versus Australia series, the T20s and the tests to come as well. We'll catch up with Tony Kidd, who is the CEO of the South Island bid for an NRL franchise. So that's all before 8 o'clock. Harry Godfrey 
out of the Harry Canes is going to join us after 8 o'clock as well. We'll catch up with Paulie Mawadi and Mitch Davis from Love Racing and Love Racing Analysts might tip us into a few at Pookie today. All that and more coming your way uh, real soon. Uh, right now, though, here he is, uh, the man whose dulcet tones you'll be hearing this evening uh, on the call on SENZ for the first T20 between New Zealand and Australia. Chris Harris, good morning. How are you, mate? Morning, team. How are we, Bob? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, are you in the capital yet? No, not yet. No, I've got work to do in Christchurch first. No, oh, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. He's diligent. Is that diligent. why you're not playing golf? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much, isn't he? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Hey, has great work on the on the comms too, mate. You're doing a, doing a stellar job doing the, leading the way there uh, with the mic, so keep that, that up, mate. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about this this game tonight. There's a lot of um, you know, energy and, and there's a bit of vibe being created in Wellington. The Black Caps taking on Australia. I just want to ask you the question about your experiences playing Australia, mate. Can you take us through it? Like I, I touched on a story earlier about um, Australia's kind of mental tactics that they try and employ in, on New Zealand. And I feel like in the past it probably seemed to work. They just get in the heads of the Black Caps sometimes. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's always, uh, in any sport that we play as Kiwis, it's always tough taking on the Aussies, being the big cousins. But, um, look, uh, it's really, I found it really tough in your early career because they can feel like they bully you a little bit. But then, um, as you'll appreciate, Izzy, and I'm sure it happened for you as well, then you embrace those situations because you mm. feel like you're, um, you know, you generally, they, in most sports are um you know right up there at the top of the world and you feel like you're taking on the best and um i just found that um um quite inspiring really and you just you wanted to test yourself um and i think a lot of the um kiwi boys will think like that it's it's really tough for some of the younger guys that are finding their way but it's just a, such a cool opportunity and i don't know about you guys but um, these big series, I always love that first game because you get a look at the other team and you just you get an indication of where your team's at, and it's just um, it's, that first game's such a big one, and, and it's it's such an opportunity for both teams to to stamp their mark on the start of the series, and I just think it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one tonight. Now, Harry, it feels like Australia are probably closer to what the T20 World Cup team would be than we are because there's no Kane, there's no Daryl Mitchell, no Kyle Jamison. How do you think we measure up? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, we're going to get look at some players that um, perhaps haven't been thought of, and um, you know, for the T20 World Cup. But as you said, you know, because Mitchell for me is a massive miss. I mean, he's been such a key mm. player for New Zealand in all three formats. It's just his experience and also his ability to play different games. You know, if we need to take on the Aussies, um, you know, he's done it before and, and he'll do it again. And, it, and it's great to see him out in the middle. And, and if we need to just consolidate a bit, he's great at that as well. So he, he will be missed. But um, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to test, you know, a couple of players that perhaps are, are on the fringes and and just to see if, if they can um, secure that last T20 spot. So it's a great opportunity for them. But no, I love seeing some of our young guys take on Aussies because it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. The last time New Zealand faced Australia in a T20 uh, innings, the opening pair of Finn Allen and Devin Conway were the stars of the show. To launch their World Cup campaign at SCG in 2022, uh, Allen got 42 off 16, and I think uh, Devin Conway was 92. Well, Allen's continuing that form, but Devin has been a little bit off as of late. Where does Devin have to go to today to, to get back into some form? 
Oh, I'm I'm excited for Devin because I think this is a great opportunity. I mean, he's yeah. Look, you, you're never you know class players are never out of form for long, and um, he he is a guy that I just thought in that last innings in, in Hamilton against South Africa, he just started to come out of it and look like the old Devin Conway that we're all used to, and and unfortunately got a ball that just held up a bit, and um, you know that last ball felt so sorry for him when he got LBW that last over of the night. Because um, he was so close, but I think this is a good opportunity for him to get back into Nick. You know, he'll play, he'll go out there, um, and he'll try and play with freedom. And, he, and, and he's literally, as you know, you're only a couple of shots away from being back in form. So I think this mm. T20 series is a great opportunity to, to get him back to his best. It's just, it's always tough when you're lacking a bit of confidence and you're taking on the best. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the best is uh, David Warner. He's done it, all, uh, you know, throughout his career, mate. And uh, he, he's kind of it's, it's his farewell tour, basically, is how, how it feels. Um, how do you reckon New Zealand's bowlers best deal with David Warner? Oh, I love. I don't know if you boys saw it. I saw it the other day. Matt Henry is being interviewed, and um, oh, no, no, sorry, it wasn't. It was Adam Milne. I think it was on the news, um, and he said that um, the, the bowling uh, unit. That, one of the guys they're going to attack is David Warner because they see him as quite a key at the top of the order. Um, so it sounds as though the boys have got a bit of a plan to him. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes because he's he's obviously, you know, whatever you think of David Warner, he's been a, a, a world-class player for a lot of years for Aussie and he's um, at the top of his game in, in all formats. And um, he is a key at the top of the order. If the boys can come up with a plan that knocks him over, um, I think that'll be great because it's a, you know, a great start to getting into that middle order because they know how good their bowling attack is. Um, but I think if they have any weakness, I think it's perhaps in their batting. Even they've got you know, some world-class players that can win <laughs> games on their own. I think that's their one sort of frailty and, and I think um, New Zealand are going to do their very best to expose that. Well, that series against the West Indies, it was a great series to watch. They were high-scoring affairs in that T20 um, series that, that took place, and West Indies actually found a way to get a result against the Australians. What did you see from the, the way that the West Indies played that probably New Zealand could take into this series to get the result? I just think the West Indies, um, they grew in confidence after that test series, and um, they took a, a little bit of time to get into that T20. 20 series, but as we saw with the West Indies, they've got a couple of guys that are pretty brutal with bat and hand, um, uh, with Russell, um, and I think it was Rutherford as well, and they just had a, a night out, those two, and, and, and mm. put, to put over 200 against the Aussies, and I think that has grown confidence in the series and thought, you know, we've, we've been close on a couple of occasions, and we can take these guys on, and I think because they had a reasonably inexperienced side that West Indies as well, except for those couple of standout performances. Um, and I think they grew in confidence. I think our guys have got confidence, and that's why I just really look forward to that first game of the series because you get a real look at where both teams are at and how they're feeling. And um, so yeah, that's why I think tonight's such a big game. I just you know want us to compete to compete and be in there. And I know if we do that, um, you know we've got a good chance of um, of beating them. Eight uh, conditions aside uh, in Wellington, pressure is paramount. How, how do the Black Caps approach tonight? What, what would you like to see them do from the outset? Put some runs on the board or, or get Trent Bolt steaming in and, and giving them a little chip? I tell you what excites me the most. I, I had to have a wee giggle. I heard the Aussies uh, apparently um, watching sort of a few of the younger guys and sort of smiling at the size of our boundaries. So I'm so excited about seeing a few of them get caught on the fence tonight trying to clear it because um, they think the boundaries <laughs> are a bit smaller, obviously, with uh, 
the um, Sky Stadium in Wellington and, and Eden Park, mm. but um, they can be deceptive. And as you guys know, when you take on those small boundaries, sometimes you can be made to look. You can, oh, sorry. Windy, make, it's windy in Wellington, mate. Is that your tea time? Yeah, you tea time to, alarm. You can be made. You can be made to look silly, and sometimes those boundaries, even though they seem small in meterage, they can be a little bit big to clear if you don't um, hit them. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how how that pans out because I, I I honestly believe their expectation is coming. They're going to come mm. over here and they're going to clear the fence and lots of sixes and scores and a, a massive total. But yeah, as I said, New Zealand will have plans and um, just really hope they come off. <laughs> Harry, uh, there's one of the players that we're going to see tonight and throughout the series is Rajan Ravindra. He's obviously performed at test level and at ODI level for us, uh, but he's not really featured in the T20 team uh, consistently yet. Do you think he can uh, convert his game to be successful as a T20 player at international level? Yeah, to be honest, I think his game, he still, even though he scored that magnificent 240 in the test match, I still think he's filling his way in test cricket. And I mm. feel he feels more comfortable in the white ball format. So there's no question to me that he'll go out there full of confidence. We saw those 300s he got in the World Cup. So the, the, the white ball format, if you like, I think very much suits his game. And I, I think he'll be relishing this opportunity. So he'll be going in full of confidence. And uh, yeah, and my expectation is that. Um, or I guess my hope is he'll continue that um, form that he showed in the World Cup, and um, I, I think he'll be a key in this T20 series. I think he's um, he's got a couple of uh, special innings um, ready for us for this T20 series. Now, Harry, we've also got on today a an elimination final in the Ford Trophy. The Vaults host the Aces. Um, yeah. And man, it's going to be an it's going to be an interesting game. Some very good players. They're one each in the series uh, through the season so far. How do you see this going? Who do you think is going to be uh, playing in the final against Canterbury? Oh, that's a tough call. Um, but guys, the good news is the uh, the Canterbury boys are in the final, so um, I'm sure they're happy to take on um, either of those guys. But yeah, it's 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 a tough game that elimination final. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to pick it. I'm just excited that Canterbury in the final. <laughs> fair, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Hey, has change yes, of speed and change of pace in, in T20s. We know that you had the ability to, to change in innings. Can you see that being a, 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 a tactic today, particularly from Mitchell Santner, the way that he bowled in that test series? He's come of age. I think he bowled his his best. He played his best test in that first uh, series uh, game against South Africa. Would that be a big tactic today? Is it? It'll be absolutely crucial, not just for the slow bowlers. And you'll be the first to testify that um, because we've all watched you over the uh, over the last few years going to the black flash and getting slower and slower. So there's a great <laughs> opportunity for guys to mix their speed up and get slower. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll not only see it from Mitch Stanton, he'll mix up his, his pace, but um, uh, um, it's also the, the quick bowlers will, will mix up their pace a lot, especially in that format. And um, I, I hopefully, against the Aussies, what I'd love to see is, um, you know, the boys steaming in, a few bumpers and then a few slower balls. And so we'll, we'll see lots of lots of change of paces from all, from all the bowlers, I think. Um, yeah, and, and Mitch Seller will... Mitch Santner will be relishing his opportunity to get in against the Aussies as well, because um, I, yeah, I think he's a, a terrific bowler in, um, in, in in all formats, but particularly the white ball because he grew up, um, you know, as a white ball bowler, um, and he he's going to be an absolute key, and I think he's going to be a big wicket taker for us 
um, especially in those middle orders. And against, against Australia and the good teams, you've got to be looking to take wickets. Um, and I think um, Mitch Santner will also be a key. Mate, can you, you just able to give us a little bit of clarity? You're going off topic here, but what did you actually bowl? <laughs> I get asked this all the time. Oh, what I tried to do was bowl so slow that by the time it got to the other end, the batsmen had played themselves out of form, and then they just chipped one up in the air. Um, no, just yeah, I just. I Were you swing or spin? I well, good question. I started as a um, in swing bowler, um, and then I was basically told halfway through the my career, the selectors said, oh, we don't really like in swing bowlers because we think it's too easy in the modern game for right-handed batsmen. So we want mm. guys that um, take the ball away from the right-hander. So that's when I tried to develop uh, what, what I would call leg spin, but most people would call just top spin because it didn't really do anything. Um, but I guess I tried to put some revs on the ball, which meant it held up in the surface um, and just didn't give the batsman any speed, um, any pace to work with, which made it, you know, if you got your line and length right, um, it can be difficult to sort of get away. Um, so yeah, just uh, so in the towards the end of my career, it was a little bit of mixture. It was sort of like a bit of sort of topspin bowling with the odd variation as a little bit of an in swinger. Yeah. So yeah. so there's like you know, there's, just there's a top... <laughs> just tacking on from that. There's there's right arm medium fast. There's right arm spin. You know, there's left arm Chinaman. What would you put yours down as? Like a right arm Chinaman? No, oh, I just write um, rubbish, slow. Um, no, probably, probably more more leg spin, sort of in the, um, I guess in the um, Anil Kumbali mode, where it just it's quicker leg spin, so it doesn't spin as much. And occasionally, when conditions suited, I got a wicket that that went away from um, the leg spinner as well. But it was, uh, yeah, I used to love it because I'm I'm that type of bowler that literally I could turn up to a park anywhere in New Zealand playing about fifth grade. And still get smashed around. <laughs> so I used, to, I used to love it when I used to get jibbed because the boys would give me, you know, a lot of the opposition. Harris is just rubbish. I just love it. Uh, if I ever manage to get the odd wicket and get them out, I go, I'm, if I'm rubbish, what does that make you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> mate, you used to do your play your part for the Black Caps, mate, and you used to you used to get results, and particularly with the bat. With the bat, I'll never forget this, playing in the Black Clash, and you came out, and you were just... It was like you are playing a test match, mate, just tinking around the park. That's Harry. You can't get him out. He'll just chip away at the runs. All right, Haz, we'll let oh, you no, go, mate. Mate, that's why I got removed from the Black Clash as a player, because half the crowd when I came in left, because they said it was so boring, but they felt <laughs> sorry for me, the, the guys in charge, and they said, oh, we don't really want you to play, but can you umpire from now on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a good man, mate. You're uh, good man. mate Thanks who, for your time, Hez. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, <laughs> cheers, boys. Loving the show. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, no, but anytime, mate. Have a great call tonight. Chris Harris, they're part of our call team here on SENZ for the cricket. Uh, you're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Is he, uh, yeah, interesting question to Harry. Yeah, I've just always wondered, you know, yeah, what what is his what is his action and because I've I've seen him up close bowling and he gets in swing and he bowls off the seam, but uh, it's a unique um, action, you know, it's not something you see every day, and and it actually worked, it worked uh, bloody wonders, and he was a fine batter in his in his time as well, so yeah, just just wanted to get some clarity on it, and I guess when you when you're heading into a game like this. 
there's a lot of what ifs. You know, you're predicting, you're trying to understand a little bit more of what the approach is, but the reality is the game's tonight and the reaction tomorrow will be will be big on this show, particularly getting an understanding of where this Black Caps team's at. You know, our first glimpse at uh, taking on the Australians at home for for a wee while. So so tonight just can't come any sooner. So it's great to have Harry on. He's doing a great job for the Cairns on on the mic with uh, SCNZ commentary team. Yep, he is indeed. It is uh, twenty one past seven. We'll be back with more after this. Is he? You got a question about Lionel Messi? Yeah, I just want to talk. You touched on Kylian Mbappe's big deal mm. potentially going to Real Madrid and PSG and. And the huge money that is on offer for these athletes, particularly if you're the best footballers in, in, in the world. And there's a situation that has arisen from Barcelona. Now, Barcelona, they're a struggling club, mm. and they are in financial turmoil at the moment. And I've just read something online in regards to that. And Joan Laporta, who was from Barcelona, has said, we are still paying Leo Messi until 2025. It was an agreement he made with the previous board to defer his salary. And there's a, con- uh, 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 a conversation that I'm just reading as well. Imagine you had hundreds of millions in the bank while your club of your life is in a terrible financial situation. You can help them tremendously by giving up a couple of years of wages like Piquet, Alba and Busquets did. But instead you choose to be greedy and destroy your former club. And so it's an interesting situation that is going on there at Barcelona. One of the the high-flying clubs for Mm -hmm. a very long time. So what does this say about the footballing world? The the way that clubs are being dominated by high-paying athletes and potentially setting them up to failure. Is there a way around this? No, there's not a way around it. Well, probably the way around it is that clubs need to be more financially prudent. I think with Barcelona, mm. particularly Juan Laporta and the, and the previous, it was about ego, right? Yeah. You know, they're like, we're Barcelona. We can do anything. We want mm. this player. We want to keep this player. We want to buy this player. And they, they pay, they've been paying overs for too long. Yeah. It's financial mismanagement okay. on their part. Cooking the box. Yeah, I mean, they, they get a lot of money for TV rights, for Champions League, for La Liga, etc. I mean, like, I can't remember the exact details, but with exact figures, but La Liga's TV broadcast deal, right, in the Premier League, it's negotiated as one thing, right? So every club gets a share, and depending on where you finish in the league the season before, you get more money or less money, depending mm. on where you finish. Over there, it's individual clubs do it. So I think Real Madrid and Barcelona, TV revenue-wise, make up something like 80% of all the TV money for the whole of La Liga, mm. right? So the rest of there's there's another 16 clubs there that aren't earning that money, you know? that. So it's down to them. It's down to them, yeah. I think, mismanagement. But, I mean, on that, I, I just looked it up because I, I thought you might ask me about how much Messi earns. And, you know, this this goes beyond Kylian Mbappe money, mm. I think. His salary at Inter Miami is 93, nearly $94 million a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's about $360,000 a day US that he is earning. Um, because people want to pay him that. And, you know, I mean, into Miami now, uh, worth uh, one of the top 10 uh, richest clubs or most value in terms of value uh, clubs in the world. They're they're valued at just over $1 billion US. And they've done nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they It's branding and marketing and 
and getting players like, oh. you know, it's like Messi. His first game for them was against Dallas mm. in Dallas. Tickets for that game were going for more than Super Bowl tickets. Oh, my gosh. So you have to say David Beckham is a very smart <laughs> business-minded <laughs> man yes. doing that. But I just it just worries me, like, that a lot of this and the numbers that has been thrown out there is at the demise of a lot of traditionally historical clubs. They are going to fold because there's no way out of it. Um, you know, a line in the sand. Uh, you know, the IPL mm. could go down this line, but these restrictions heavily on that. Well, that's the Why thing. isn't there the same restrictions on the on, on the football? It's just it's, it's the way it's been built, right? The IPL is a new competition. When did that come about? 12 years ago, 10 years ago, something yeah. like that, right? So, um, and that, the, I, so you I, feel IPL could get there? Well, I think the IPL, IPL is smarter, the way it's set up. Yeah. I, I was reading something around uh, the IPL that, uh, you know, I mean, they pay big money to cricketers, but still, mm. of all the money that the IPL earns, it's around it's only around ten percent that gets paid to the players, whereas yeah. whereas around these these big clubs, uh, you know, and, and competitions like the Premier League, it's more like fifty or sixty percent of what gets earned mm. gets paid to the players. So, it's it's the way the whole structure is set up. Yeah, the stru- yeah, I've I've had a conversation with Fleming on on the fairways about it. I think it's six percent of the broadcast rights go back into the player pool. Mm. And this is a billion-dollar deal that they've signed. One of the biggest deals, I think, only deal that's trumping it is the NFL broadcast deal. So there's and, uh, the NFL. I think they play like forty-five percent of the the broadcast mm. deal to the player pool. So and they are currently at six percent, and they're playing players three millions of dollars for two months' work. So you'd have to say in a matter of time they're going to get there. But wow, yeah, I mean, yeah, I rem- some fascinating numbers. I remember when Beckham went to Real Madrid. There was a lot of criticism about how much money they were paying him, and it's like mm. he's only being paid how much they are willing to pay him, right? And then you looked at it, and they—I I think it was because I think they were paying him fifty million a year for five years at the time, uh, which was the biggest deal around. The first week that they launched David Beckham branded gear, t-shirts, shirts with the name on the back, mugs, whatever, they recouped his first year's salary in the first week. From merchandise wow. sales. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's all the clubs to be financially more mm. prudent, I think. And there's been some mismanagement at some big clubs, including Barcelona. Anyway, we better get away to uh, the latest in news with Araha. Thanks to Kubota, you can take on all your summer projects with the Kubota range. Get the Keno feeling with Kennard's higher time for sports news headlines for you. Francis Ngano has predicted that Anthony Joshua will not get back up from the canvas if the UFC champion knocks him down as he did Tyson Fury. The Joshua Ngano heavyweight clashes on Saturday, March 9, and it will only be Ngano's second professional boxing bout after he almost secured one of the biggest upsets in heavyweight history in his first. Ngano said, yeah, I have a doubt about that when he asked if Joshua could take out what he hit Fury with. Tyson showed that he's very resilient. I saw him come back from knockdowns like you wouldn't believe. I don't think AJ would take what Tyson did. It's a big risk, this fight for AJ. It is a big risk, yep. Um, he looked like a different fighter, um, AJ, in his, in his last bout. Um, but, yeah, this is a different kettle of fish. And Francis Ngano is surprised... Many, including myself, 
Um, you know, just a lot of the UFC fighters transition to boxing and they, they offer very little, but Francis has been pretty formidable in, in the very limited time he's had in the ring, but he's getting paid, and I think that's what he was after, the pay uh, equity in, in their fights. Um, I think he can go and challenge Anthony Joshua. It was a huge fight for AJ. Yeah, massive. Uh, now retired... Uh, the retired uh, playmaker Toby Flood has criticised the style of play being played by England and the Six Nations, predicting they'll be beaten by Scotland by 10 points this weekend. The English have won their opening two games in the championship for the first time since 2019. Uh, they were a three-point and two-point victory over Italy and Wales. Flood doesn't believe England will continue that winning streak, though. He hasn't been impressed by the level of their performances under his former teammate Steve Borthwick. Um, he went on to say he's he's got a data approach and has made rugby detached and stale. It has become data-driven, very moneyball, for want of a better word. Players are taken off because of GPS data to which coaches have become slaves. There's little feel for the game now. That is why we have this detached, stale game at the moment. Borthwick is so data-driven, it's all about metrics. He isn't necessarily the most empathetic, charismatic human being, so he relies heavily on data and touch points. You can see England are trying to do something different. The problem is they haven't got any clout at the game line. Oh man, that is right between the eyes, isn't it? It's going to be flood. Um, he's got a fair shout, man. Like, I I did I did very little analysis in my game. Yeah. Um, because the reality is, you can plan for plenty, but none of it can eventuate out in the park. You know, the game is changing, ever evolving, and things happen so bloody quick. You you can find trends. You can find little bits of, of gold nuggets from the game, but the reality is data does not win you and make you perform out there. So I I, I totally agree with Toby Flood. Like England have been saying for years that they're trying to expand their game, play an expensive, entertaining game, but the reality is it is boring as hell. They kick more than any other union in the world, and that is his tactics. Leicester Tigers, when they won a competition, they kicked the most in that competition. They kick everything, and when you're kicking everything, you just resort to it straight away. So you, your mind shrinks, you lose all side of opportunities, and you, you become robotic. And that's what they are. But I think the results, they've won the last two. This, this game against Scotland will give us absolutely plenty yeah. in a line in the sand. Yeah, get on I the think s- Scotland will get up. Yeah, so do I. Get on the Scots. Mm. Get on them. Mm. Uh, now, former Bronco and Panther Kurt Capewell will make his first appearance in a Warriors jersey this Saturday when the team hosts their second pre-season trial at Go Media Stadium at Mount Smart. Capewell replaces Marata Kore in the starting 13, while Sean Johnson will also start in the halves alongside Luke Metcalf. Maori All-Stars players Jazz Tavanga, Adam Pompey, Tamari Martin and Dylan Walker have all been included on the bench. And speaking of rugby league, we'll go there next because we might have a second NRL franchise sooner than we thought. Come on! Come on! Up next, Tony Kidd joins us. Welcome into the show, the CEO of the South Island Bid for an NRL franchise, Tony Kidd. Morning, Tony. How are you doing? 
Yeah, good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Now, a, a little while ago, we had a bloke on this breakfast show by the name of Tony Kemp, uh, and he was throwing around the idea that the North Sydney Bears and Canterbury Rugby League should get into bed and start a franchise and call it the Southern Bears, and we needed a second uh, franchise in New Zealand. And I was talking about that with Frank Endicott yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last week, just, you know, as a bit of a, uh, mate, uh, what do you reckon? Because I've heard this, you know, this we've had this conversation, he said, oh, you obviously know people, and he pretty much confirmed that something was happening, and then you got in touch. So uh, please enlighten us. What's going on? Uh, we're, we're willing to work with anyone. There's a number of opportunities in, in Australia. It could be Brisbane East, North, uh, Newtown Jets. I even read about uh, an article about uh, Glebe Reds coming back. But um, we're not really willing to sell our soul just to get a team happening. It has to be yeah. a Southern-based team and a, a team that the fans can get around. We're pretty much restricted by um, NDAs at the moment. Uh, on, on a couple of fronts, we're, we're talking with investors, we're talking with people in uh, the States, but um, yeah, can't really say anything more about that. How much traction are you getting at the moment, Tony? Are you, are you genuine <laughs> that you've got a genuine chance here of, of cracking an, an NRL team by 2026? Oh, we're building really well. Like um, mm. you would have seen, we had a sellout crowd down here, and yep. it was the biggest uh, pre-season crowd of any of the NRL sides, we've um, we've got a package that's going to have a $60 million economic boost to the South Island. Business people appreciate that, and they're coming on board. We've got investors lining up overseas. Um, we have a strong player base down here. Uh, like Auckland, we have lots of kids who are leaving here to go and play in Australia. Why don't we keep them here? What's your point of difference? Because there's a lot of heat and traction happening across the ditch. You've got Papua New Guinea uh, that have been back from the government. You've got Perth with potential interests from other bidders. What is the point of difference of having a team here in New Zealand, the South Island in particular? Yeah, point of difference and in the South Island. Um, <clears throat> we have a, a great tourism thing. Where would you go if you're living in Australia, in Queensland? You wouldn't travel if you ha- you're having one overseas trip or one trip you'd come to new zealand you come to the south island where there's snow fishing uh what's your rugby league do your tourism thing we've got a good player base here we've got lots of kids coming through we're at the population uh sorry just losing it there sorry the our player base is increasing so we have a player base mm. they don't have in perth so we have a nursery coming through um, we have a stab- we're in an established environment. We've got a brand new stadium here, which they don't have in PNG. We think both of those places should be in, but we mm. think we should be there first. Now, Tony, I, I did see uh, rumours of uh, a Hollywood heavyweight linked, and obviously, you know, you kind of run through your head of the Kiwis that are in Hollywood. They've got Russell Crowe at South Sydney. Uh, is there a, is there a potential uh, big name backer that's going to generate some headlines? Uh, not so much a backer, but um, someone who will front for us. Uh, we, we're negotiating, and that will come. That will be one of the announcements made in Las Vegas. Again, uh, we've got NDAs that restrict what we can say. But you know, we're really keen to bring the US sports entertainment model here. We don't think uh, our people are catered well enough for here yet, and we're going to bring that model here, and it'll make a big difference. 
I'm trying to have a guess who the Hollywood star is in the first game name that came to mind was Taika Waititi. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see, mate, because you're not sharing anything, and that is a sign of a, a, a really astute uh, businessman. So well done, Tony. But, Tony, what's your relationship like with the Crusaders? Have you had a conversation with Colin Mansbridge? What was that relationship look like? Yeah, good. We, we've been talking with the Crusaders. Uh, mm. They think, you know, there's, there's room for them and us. And, and that's what we think too. They're, they're a great organisation with huge success and in many ways we'd like to model ourselves on them. If, we, if you look overseas and you look, say, to Canberra, which has a similar population base to, to the South Island, they have professional rugby, professional rugby league, professional baseball, professional football, professional basketball, and probably AFL. So there's enough room for both of us to, to, to grow our game here. Is having the Crusaders as a stakeholder in an NRL franchise a possibility? Is that something that's been talked about? <laughs> Anything's possible, but um, yeah, uh, we haven't crossed that bridge or, 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 or had that discussion. Yeah. Okay, and and in terms of uh, you know, I, I mentioned the Southern Bears earlier and and, and things, and, and and you've mentioned a couple of teams. You know, the uh, I think the, the the Western Reds out of Perth, uh, bringing that back from the old Super League days, or the Adelaide Rams, or or the South Queensland Crushers, or one of those old teams. I mean, how far through conversations? With uh, with somebody like that, are you in terms of being able to to knit together a bid? Because I know that the Bears have been involved in a couple of other uh, potential bids where they've looked at pairing with Perth or with, with, with pairing with other centres. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk with you more about that, but um, that's going to be uh, announced in Vegas. So, so once those deals are completed, uh, we'll we'll have some major announcements then. All right, Tony. All right. He's, we'll have to get you on, mate. Chest. You are just keeping us close. We'll get you off here, and then you can tell us, and then I'll split it out on air for you. But, mate, okay, uh, look, buddy. it's exciting news. I, I think with the strength that we have down here in Canterbury, with the Canterbury Bulls, you've got the West Coast that thrives. Mate, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that this would, um, which would eventuate and be competitive. Actually, on that, Tony, there was just news uh, last week that the Canterbury Rugby League has broken away from New Zealand Rugby League's zonal system to be standalone, so they're no longer zoned with the rest of the South Island. Is that part and parcel of getting to where you need to be for this? I guess the, the more representative teams we can have uh, playing in NZRL tournaments, the better, yeah. yeah good stuff. Okay, Tony, Tony, when you... When can we get you on to, to give us everything? What date? So after Vegas? Uh, yeah, after Vegas. Okay. Okay, good. All Perfect. right, looking forward to that. We'll definitely be in touch. And, uh, yeah. and, and when are we announcing uh, that Tony Kidd is going to be the New Zealand representative in the World Series of Poker, mate? Because you would absolutely <laughs> kill it the way you were going. Well, I hope so. I've never been a good poker player. <laughs> good stuff, Tony. <laughs> mate, appreciate your time. Keep up the good work, and we will touch base with you again after Vegas, eh? Cheers. That'd be awesome. Cheers. Tony Kidd there with was, us, the CEO of the South Was that South Tony Honor. Kidd? Or was that spelt wrong? And Was that Tony Kemp? 
<laughs> Anything's possible, mate. Anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you oh, what. He gave absolutely nothing away there, Rick Dog. But no. fair enough, there's, there's NDAs and, mm. you know, there's a lot of information that would have been had in behind closed doors. But at least we're having these conversations, you know. Um, rugby league is, is probably one of the fastest growing sports in the country, particularly with the Warriors doing so well. And I just can see it happening and doing, you know, going great guns here in, in Christchurch in particular because we've got a, a fully enclosed stadium that will be finished in 2026. Maybe even sooner, hopefully. Probably not because there's some <laughs> things going on in that stadium. The steel was a bit uh, the wrong size. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so look, it, it's, it's all time to starting to, to gather some momentum. And uh, hopefully after that, Vegas... Like, who is going to be the front? I'm reading this article here. There is someone from Hollywood that is going to be the front and face of this bid. Who is that person from Hollywood? They'd have to have a South Island influence, surely. It can't, we can't go get bloody Tom Cruise, who doesn't even watch rugby league, and be the front of it. So who is it? Well, do I you was, feel? I, I was thinking... Momoa? Momoa's a possibility. Um, mm. Carl Urban? There's another Kiwi yeah. that's around there. Anthony mm. Starr? I reckon Momoa. Momoa. He loves sport. He loves New Zealand. He loves rugby. So if we can transition him into rugby league, we no. can lend him to years. No problem at all. I mean, there's been some big names too out of Christchurch that have played rugby league. Guys like Tony Carroll, David Kidwell, uh, Terry the Rock Hermanson, Louis Brown, Matt Duffy. Those guys have all come out of Christchurch. The Endicotts, of course. So it is a rugby league uh, breeding ground. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Your thoughts, double eight, double three. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota, take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Coming up on the show this hour, Mitch Davis out of Love Racing, a performer analyst from them. He's going to give us uh, a bit of a look at Pookie today and maybe steer us into a couple, which would be great. Uh, Paul Mawadi never steers us into anything, but we'll catch up with him from the TAB. Anyway, right now, though, uh, time to catch up with Hurricane number 303. Harry Godfrey joins us in the week leading up to the first game of the Super Rugby season. Morning, Harry. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. How you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How's, how's pre-season been for you? Uh, it's It's been a, a little bit of a different flavour this this time around, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, pre-season's been good. It's been full on, so, um, yeah, had a good a good block before Christmas and then, yeah, intensed up a bit more after that. And then, yeah, obviously, first pre-season game against uh, Highlanders wasn't, wasn't too flash, but then, yeah, fixed fixed a few things against uh, Moana the next week. Hey, Harry, great to have you on, mate. Is he here? Um, great to see uh, a good Hawks Bay lad flying his trade there for the black and white hoops, mate. Um, where are you at with, with your game at, at the moment? I know you, uh, you had your, your struggles towards the end of the year last year, but, mate, you've got the talent. Where are you at? What was your main focus for the preseason? Um, yeah, I think just to... Just sort of the same as any preseason, just to yeah get in there, work hard, and um, try and sharpen up sharpen up my skill sets. And um, yeah, so I think just yeah, obviously work hard, and then obviously hope for opportunity, and then just take opportunity once once it's there. And speaking of opportunity, mate, are you 
looking at a potential opportunity to play in the that ten position? I know predominantly you've been playing a lot at fullback lately. Is that been something you've been trying to have a crack at and get some reps in training? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, ten's sort of um, a position. Yeah, I played played it all through school, and then yeah, obviously a bit with the twenty. Uh, so I'd I'd enjoy playing there as well. But you know, ten and fifteen they're pretty similar, so not too phased at the moment. Just really want to get out on the paddock. Yeah, I mean they they are similar skill sets, but I guess you know when you step up to uh, Super Rugby level from say NPC level or step up to NPC level from school level, do you find it easier to 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 get um, uh, acclimatised to that level of football playing at fullback because you can kind of see everything in front of you and that's a good way to move yourself, uh, you know, get yourself established and then maybe move into the ten role. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think, yeah, obviously 15, you have a lot more space and you play a lot more freely, whereas 10, you're sort of, um, you're in, in the action a lot more, you're calling the shots. So, yeah, I'm enjoying, yeah, playing 10 or 15 at the moment, but, yeah, obviously they have both their pros and cons. You can get more into the game at 10, whereas at 15, I've played games where you haven't touched the ball for about half an hour, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it can be challenging, mate. All right, the preseason has finished. Thank goodness, I know, been there, and it's a, a, a bit of a slog. So you're into your first. Well, the Hurricanes are into their first uh, outing this weekend. They're taking on the Force, and they're expecting a 41 degree heat over there in Western Australia, mate. What's uh, what's been the focus this week? And the boys, they've already jetted off, have they? Yeah, yeah, no, boys, yeah, jetted out. Uh, on Sunday but yeah no I think yeah we've been with the facility here at Upper Hutt at NZCIS we've been um, yeah in the heat rooms and the saunas and doing as much as we can to um, to get prepared as best we can for the heat over there so just yeah just key focus is probably just yeah, create an attack space that's um, sort of one of our mottos for um playing the way how we want to play and yeah, just um just play some a good brand of footy. What about T J mate? He got twenty odd minutes on, on the weekend. I guess he'll be chomping at, at the bit, mate. Have you been impressed with the way he's carried himself in the in the preseason and, and taken on, you know, a bit more of a leadership role? Yeah, of course, yeah, no, just coming in and seeing uh T J how he goes about things, you know. He was in last year but sort of just on the scenes, um, how his injury getting back, but now how he's been in, back in training. And, yeah, you know, he's a real role model for um, for the younger boys and for me to look up to just, just the way he trains and just how competitive he is. Yeah, it's something to admire. And now, Harry, you got a new coach uh, this year in Clark Laidlaw, and, you know, most of us know him from his sevens coaching. Um, how's that been for you? I mean, how's it changed uh, what has been asked of you and, and maybe what have you picked up from him? Yeah, no, we had Clark in the uh, 20s last year, which um, the campaign didn't go to flash for us. But, nah, he's yeah, he's really good. He's, yeah, obviously as you probably know, he's big on connection and getting all the boys together. Um, so, yeah, no, he's, re- he's really good on that front. And then, yeah, just, yeah, he's pretty, he bounces around from all uh, attack D, uh, kick strat and stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm in, I've, had him, I've enjoyed having him and just sort of his 
Osprey, I guess a seven style of coaching sort of suits the the way that I play. So, you know, it should be an exciting year. I know you would have grown up and watched uh, one of the other coaches as well, Corey Jay, mate. Have you been uh, tapping into Corey's IP and, and getting around? And what what has he been able to do for you and your game? Yeah, no, Corey's good. He's um, especially with um, understanding where to stand, playing playing fullback off scrum strikes. He's yeah really helped me and with that. And I think obviously yeah you know high ball and just all all aspects of fifteen where he's he's been really good and been able to chip in chip in um, with him, which has been yeah now second to none. Now, Harry, you're pretty pretty fresh onto the scene, and I was really impressed, and I'm still being impressed with the way that you've you've carried yourself. But not many people will know Harry Godfrey and and where you come from and a bit of a background. Are you able to share like who are you? What what do you like to do in your spare time? You know, well, what drives and motivates you? Yep, yeah, yeah no, nah, I um, grew up on a sheep and beef farm in Hunterville, and then yeah, went to went to boarding school, went to Wanganui Collegiate. And from there went, yeah, obviously over to the bay. Had a good good few years over at the bay, and then yeah, come down with the with the canes, and then yeah, so been tracking along nicely. And then yeah, just outside of outside of footy, you know, I enjoy getting back home where I can, get getting back onto the farm, um, try and go out for a whack. Pretty much on uh, most off days, there's a good group of us down here, and then yeah, just. Anything outdoors, really enjoy getting out on the surf and, yeah, just any type of sport. Well, no doubt you would have lost to Lindisfarne College in your, in your collegiate <laughs> battles, mate. Um, so uh, how did that move eventuate, mate, going to Hawke's Bay? How did it come about? Um, oh, it was all pretty rushed, to be honest. I was originally, I think I was enrolled to go down to UC in Christchurch. And I wanted to try and get a sort of gig down down there, but then played the uh, schools schools game, which is more to the end of the year, and then played a ride in that, and then got a few um, offers around here, around up north. So I thought I'll go go have a look at them, and then yeah, I think Hawks Bay Hawks Bay sort of looked looked the best fit for me, and obviously being in the Hurricanes region as well, sort of matched up quite nicely and I think it was quite hard for me at the start going to the bay but no like looking back now I'm yeah really really grateful I did because yeah I've had a pretty pretty good few years with the bay and yeah well mate was managed managed to save one from being poached from uh, from from the red and black territory uh, that is yeah. good to hear Harry <laughs> hey, uh, now um, I'm looking at your Wikipedia uh, entry now Wikipedia is not always the font of all knowledge so I wanted to clarify no. something correct as of July 16 2023 apparently you're five foot nine have you grown any in that time I was just thinking about uh, going for those high balls wearing the 15 jersey yeah, yeah a couple of inches makes all the difference yeah no I think one of my mates but he changed that I'd like to be saying that I'm about five at least five eleven <laughs> <laughs> stitch up stitch up yeah <laughs> oh mate and um you know on that you, you we obviously you've, you're happy to play wherever you, wherever you get an opportunity at the moment with the canes but uh looking forward into your career where do you want to play where do you want to play most of your footy 10 or 15 or or somewhere else 
Yeah, probably probably going forward, probably 10. Yeah. There you go. 10 is a spank. Yeah. Uh, Brett Cameron, Aidan Morgan, obviously those guys, um, you'll be competing with them. And then and then Ruben Love at the back as well, although Ruben can play a bit of 10 as well. Mate, there's, a good, there's a good group of really uh, talented young uh, uh, playmakers at the Canes at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously the likes of, yeah, Brett and um, Aids and even, yeah, Rubes, they'll be going, um, training really well, so... Yeah, there's been a lot of competition going on here, so that's yeah, very good for for the Canes because yeah, probably need if we want to go deep in this competition, need pretty good playmakers, nines and tens as well, with the likes of yeah, Cam and obviously TJ coming back as well. Nice mate, nice. And is is Ruben Love the uh, the best cricketer at the Hurricanes because he stood out in the Black Clash, mate? I mean, he, you're hoping that he picks up an IPL contract that makes it a little bit easier for you to get in there. <laughs> I wouldn't mind an IPL contract myself. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, Ruben's pretty sharp. Obviously, saw that 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 grab he took was obviously six, but bloody grab. But yeah, there's no, nah, there's quite a few good cricketers as well. Obviously, Donny and yeah, BC, good cricketer, good Wanganui lad as well. Mate, plenty of them, plenty of talent there. Harry, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Great to chat. Uh, good luck for you this season with the Hurricanes. Hopefully yeah, cheers, see Harry. you a bit out of there uh, in that 23, eh? Yeah, no, nah, thank you very much. Cheers, go well. 18, uh, 16 past eight, that is Harry Godfrey. Uh, out of the Hurricanes and you're listening to SENZ Breakfast powered by Kubota take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments and Izzy you obviously know a little bit about Harry Godfrey being a, being a Hawks Bay boy how, how do you see his game well, who, who would you compare him to he, he came from nowhere really if I'm going to be completely honest like living in Whanganui um, you know going to collegiate a, a school that I had a lot of history with growing up you know, Lindisfarne College, there was always that traditional um, rival that we played every single year with, with Collegiate, and burst it on the scene, and, and I was really impressed. You know, he's only a small bloke, mm. you know, five point, uh, five foot nine, well, he's trying to say he's a little bit taller than that, so his mates changed it. He's only a small bloke, but he's got a big heart, a big ticker. He is very, very quick, very explosive, and his conversation regards to playing a lot at fullback but sees himself as a 10. Um, I haven't watched him play much at 10. I've more seen him at the fullback role. In the fullback role, he's he's quite small, you know. But Damian McKenzie's ability to be aggressive and get in the air kind of, um, you know, puts that conversation aside. Uh, he's got to get some reps in. Like, there's a genuine chance and opportunity there at the Hurricanes to play in the 10 position. you got Brett Cameron. And don't get me wrong, Brett's a, a very talented rugby player, but he doesn't set the world on fire. You got Aidan Morgan from King, uh, up in the north. I think he went to was it King's College in the North Island. I remember watching him play in the one-day competition, and he just stood out above the others. Well, he's probably the one that's going to take them through most of this season. But I get a sense that Harry Godfrey's going to get a chance to play a bit at 10. And I'm really looking for uh, Like, when you're a 10, you've got to be committed, you've got to have a crack at the line, and well, if you watch him play fullback, he's not afraid of taking on the line, so you're going to get a 10 that's putting pressure on the defence constantly, um, but he just needs to bide his time, you know, with the Hurricanes, if the results don't go his way, they'll start tinkering, they'll start looking, 
and potentially he's going to get a crack sooner rather than later. So, yeah, it's a big year for him. He slipped away towards the end of last season. Rick Dog with the Magpies, he wasn't mm. there um, towards their playoff run. They made the final. Um, just had a couple of, you know, uneasy games for, for the black and white hoops um, and got, you know, uh, replaced. But this year, I, I just think for him, just got to get some reps in and, and have a crack. He's still only 21, just a young fella, so uh, plenty of time ahead of him. It is 19 past eight. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Earlier we were talking about the NRL bid out of the South Island. They want a team by 2026. Uh, One of uh, New Zealand's top poker players is the CEO. gave away very little. Uh, But there has been stories about a Hollywood heavyweight being involved, Mm. whether financially or just as a front for it. You've mentioned Jason Momoa. I don't know if he's a Hollywood heavyweight, but Josh on the West Coast reckons Stephen Adams might be involved because he loves his rugby league. Well, it's a fair shout. Yeah, the Hollywood caught me off guard. When you go to Hollywood, you think that you go straight to actor or film, you know, someone that's in the film industry. So I was looking more down that line. But Stephen Adams makes perfect sense, really. He loves New Zealand, loves coming home, you know, wearing his hunting gear, and there's no better sight of seeing him walking in his hunting gear. So that that could that could be a genuine shout about that. Whoever it is, we don't know. But um, we're going to get some inkling post that Vegas. But... Mate, it's uh, it's a it's a great conversation, and it started from nothing. Gave kind of very uh, a lot of traction last year when Tony Kemp brought it up, and now we're at a situation where that potential become a, could become a reality. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. Only time will tell. He gave absolutely nothing away. I was old Tony kid, but um, I think the fans are, are ready for it, and and hopefully we're expecting it. Like those genuine mm. um, bits from. Over in Australia, I can't see Peter Valen. He doesn't like New Zealand. He's got, he doesn't really acknowledge what we're about. You know, that, that, especially that remark in regards to Wayne Bennett wanting to go to coach a losing team. So I can't see him accepting another team on this side. You'd have to say that, um, you know, the Papua New Guinean team is probably leading that front, isn't it? Well, it probably is, but he has also said that he wants 20 teams in the NRL. So that would mean three expansions, mm. not one more, three more. So, I mean, if you're looking at that, I think you'd have to say Perth, like you said, PNG, and then mm. you know, I think New Zealand, another New Zealand team makes sense, whether that's Christchurch or Wellington or somewhere else. I guess yeah. is the question. But so, um, twenty teams by when? When are we hoping? I th- I'm not sure. Well, then maybe twenty thirty one. I think, but I, mm. I'm not a hundred on that. Not a hundred okay. on that. So, so it's not if it's not now or by twenty twenty six in the future. Definitely, there's a genuine chance that we can have another team. Yeah, okay, I can. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I think so too. Now we've also got cricket on the, uh, tonight. Mm. The first T20 at Sky Stadium in Wellington between the Black Caps and the Aussies, and we've got tickets to give away. If you want to go and you're in the Wellington region, text the words SENZ and cricket SENZ cricket plus your email address to double eight double three. Your chance to win a double pass. And Mitch Marsh, the Aussie captain, was talking yesterday, and he was asked if they consider themselves favourites. Not really, to be honest. Uh, I think they're a very good team, and Every international team uh, is is hard to beat at home, so uh, we've seen that the last time we played here, and we have great respect for the Black Caps. Um, they're a great team, good people, um, and we're looking forward to hopefully a couple of great games. 
Now, uh, Chris Harris was on with us earlier, and he said he saw a few of the Aussie boys uh, talking about the dimensions of the grounds, particularly Sky Stadium, and fancying themselves mm. to hit a few. Uh, well, Mitch Marsh was asked about that as well. It's obviously very different to what we come from in Australia with the big grounds. Um, so we're looking forward to that, and it provides different challenges, um, different services um, for, our, for our teams to work with. But um, And then obviously Eden Park, it's one of the, I think it's, um, from my own personal experience, it's one of the best grounds in the world to play at for the, the atmosphere. Um, the 40 metre boundaries may prove hard work as a captain at times, but um, it's all about embracing that experience and um, the crowd there is outstanding. So um, we're just really excited about this series. It's the perfect cricket ground, isn't it? Sky Stadium, like, it's a horrible rugby stadium, I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> we've had no luck there. The crowd feels a million miles away. It is made for cricket. And it was great to hear Mitch Marsh talk about that he, uh, he loves it there. And it's going to be sold out. And we've got plenty of names coming through that want to be a part of it, um, Rick Dog. So we're only yeah, a couple of hours away. And uh, we're going to see what this Black Caps team is made of. Well, we are. And, you know, that's the thing, too, is often I, I think people forget that um, players were fans. So there is mm. that, you know, we have that trans-Tasman rivalry, and we love to beat the Aussies. But sometimes you forget that the players might feel the same way. And Mitch Sandner, the, uh, the Black Caps captain, was asked about that. It's pretty special. Um, you know, obviously played a lot of Chapel Hadley games, uh, one day as in the in the past over the over the years, so to have this as I guess a T20 comp going forward and and, and any kind of white ball going forward is pretty cool. Um, you know we don't probably play Australia as, as much as we probably should, but now this you know um, playing in T20s one day as um, you know that kind of trans Tasman clash is always always good fun. The crowds turn up, so I think you know this series will be no different. So there you go. Here's it needs to be. To a series every year mm. between the Black Caps and Australia. It just it should be a no-brainer. You know, like they are right there in league, in netball, and in rugby. That is the trans-Tasman rival that everyone wants to see and be a part of. Probably not in rugby at the moment, but it will be. But you know, like it has to be at the forefront of their minds. They have to find a way that Chapel Hadley series. I remember it growing up when Shane Bond was terrorising the Australians on the scene and, you know, doing in-swinging Yorkers at 147 clicks an hour. And that was a young kid at high school in the boarding house on his little radio, portable radio, listening in and absolutely amazed. Those are the games you want to see. They need to do what they need to do with the calendar and make sure that this is a staple in the calendar every single year because you've sold out Sky Stadium. You know, the Black Clash sells out every year. And they struggle to get crowds going to see the Bangladesh series. Well, get Australia here. You'll sell it out every time. You will. You will. And that's a, that's a great lesson for New Zealand cricket. We'd love to see it. Uh, remember, double eight, double three, SENZ Cricket and your email address if you want to win yourself a pair of tickets to go tonight and see the, that game between New Zealand and Australia at the Cake Tin. It is half past eight. Time to catch up with Araha for all the latest in news with Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bed safely. RAT Paul Mawadi joins us from the TAB. And Paulie, a big, big day. I, I, I guess uh, you'll be having to open another bank account at the TAB for all the cash you'll be taking on the on the big clash tonight at Sky Stadium, will you? <laughs> 
I guess it depends on who wins, to be fair, <laughs> Ricardo, because, uh, um, yeah, we've already seen quite a bit of action on that first T20 between the Black Caps and Australia. Uh, Australia, now $1.48, and they've taken almost twice as much action uh, in that head-to-head market than uh, that we've taken almost twice as much action on the Australians in that market than we've taken on New Zealand, which has seen Australia uh, get crunched in from... $1.60 into $1.48, and it's seen the black caps drift from $2.23 out to $2.50. So there's plenty of support for the Australians to win that first T20 uh, down there at the House of Tin later on tonight. Look, there's a few um, boosted markets that the boys have put out. One that's proved very, very popular, uh, David Warner, 20 or more runs, and Tim Southey, two or more wickets, that's been boosted from $5 out to 650 That really has caught the attention of a number of punters. So that's uh, one boosted market that punters have got into. Uh, in terms of the top run scorer markets, I can tell you, the most popular run scorer for the Black Caps is Rachin Ravindra at $5. Um, now, Finn Allen also has seen some support too. He's the favourite in that market. He's 375 but the boys have put a boosted market out on him as well. He's boosted from 375 out to 420 to be New Zealand's top run scorer. So if you take into account the money that was taken on the boosted market and the money that was taken on Finn Allen in the top run scorer market, then he is the most popular run scorer, if you get my drift. In terms of the Australians, there's only one player that uh, punters want, uh, really, and that's David Warner to be the top run scorer for Australia. He's the favourite at $4 for them. He has seen a significant amount of support. And in the top wicket-taker book for the uh, Kiwis, Tim Southey. He's the one that uh, punters are coming for. He's $5 to be the top wicket-taker tonight for New Zealand. Paulie, who's come up with this thesaurus of power plays that you have on offer? And where's the money going, mate? Like, I need a, I need at least 38 minutes to, to read all of it. <laughs> well, I know... I know our good friend Mark Stafford, he loves the power plays and instead of starting at the top of the power plays, he goes to the very bottom power play, the one that's paying the most, and he works his way back until he finds one that catches his eye. Um, And I can tell you, in terms of that, the best back down towards the bottom of that market is Ratchin Ravindra to uh, record one or more sixes, to take one or more wickets, and to take one or more catches, and that's paying $10. So a lot of support for Ratchin Ravindra, the local boy, come up with that. And we've also got a same-game multi on this match, which means the boys have put out a promotion on it as well, a same-game claim uh, for this first T20 uh, in Wellington. And so just take a three or more leg same-game multi on the match tonight. Uh, And if you miss by one leg, uh, you can get a refund up to $50. Who comes up with these? Lockie Ferguson, two-plus wickets. And while you're at it, mate, why don't you do it at an economy rate under 5.99? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the old uh, economy oh, rates. I see Pat Cummings yeah. or Mitchell Stark to have a bowling economy rate over 10.99, which is paying 3.75. Surely... One or two of the Kiwi batters can knock uh, one, uh, either Cummings or Stark around the park. 
short, those boundaries on the square, uh, square are fairly uh, short, so surely we can, we can knock a few over the boundary tonight. Well, I like this one. David Warner to be dismissed in under 9.5 deliveries, $3.75. He's going to get an earful today, particularly after he, well, abused Omaru and made the mayor come out and uh, just had to put him in his place a wee bit. Uh, what else we got today, Paulie, mate? There's the Ford Trophy. We got Pukakawi. I've tipped out first he- innings in the race too. Oh, jeez, I'm glad you brought that up, Fizzy. Um, yeah, as you say, uh, there's an eight-card, uh, eight race Eight races at Pukekohe today, and we've got a bonus back promotion on races one and two at Pukekohe today, back to second and third. You've yeah. mentioned race two, uh, and the best back there. Oh, boy, here we go. First innings, four fifty dollars and to $3.20. Um, he's not alone, though, to be fair. Uh, also had a bit of money for pile driver. Uh, seven fifty into four dollars and eighty cents. So, yeah, there's a number of three-year-olds in that uh, uh, second race at Pukekohe today. Um, I think there are three geldings um, nommed for the Derby, and I think there's a filly down the bottom of the page here, Suaveta, uh, who's uh, looking to progress onto the Oaks. So, have a look around for those three-year-olds going around today. But yes, the best backed in race. Uh, two is number six, first innings, closely followed by number eight, pile driver. In race one, um, it's almost, almost one-way traffic, I can tell you. They've all come for, where is it? I'm just having a look. Golden, number two, golden, mm. at $2.30, more than 50% of turnover in that final field win market in race one at Pukekohe today is on number two, uh, golden. $2.30. Now, you'll love this story, Paulie. Uh, Ed, who listens to the show, uh, texted us this morning oh, to say he had a big win. He's our Japanese form analyst, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Now, have you heard <laughs> how he picked Golden Sonic to, uh, to, to win race seven? I didn't hear that part. No. Well, his, his Sonic, everyone knows Sonic the Hedgehog is the fastest, and his first name is Golden, like Gold Trip. Uh, and Yuro uh, sounds like Home, so simple, plus my number number four is my lucky number. So that's why he went on it at 61s. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you guys talking about uh, Urarawa as well, uh, and someone said it might be in Taranaki. I think you're thinking of uh, Urinui that's, as opposed to Urawa. That is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of, mate. That is. You're right. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Uh, Great to have you. Let's see shares. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm happy like that he's winning. Yeah, just think, Izzy, if you're losing, Ed's winning. <laughs> well, I am losing because you still haven't given me any goodwill. Oh, no, yeah. Are we still going there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine hasn't turned up yet either, Paul, by the way. But that's What's right. happening? We've been shafted. <laughs> oh, Paulie Mawadi is part not... of the family now. Oh. <laughs> not till the 29th, oh, okay. bro. Not till the 29th. Eight more days. Eight more days. Uh, go well, Paulie. Have a great day. Cheers, boys. You have a good one. You too, man. Check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Love Racing next. Love Racing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. Mitch Davis from NZTR joins us now uh, to give us uh, a a few tips, potentially, for Pookie today, mate. But also, uh, we had John last week, didn't really get too much into it, mate, but quite keen to find out 
about your gig as a race analyst and how you go about finding form going into uh, going into a meet, mate. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning, Ricardo. No, pleasure to join you and hopefully can steer you into a couple today, hopefully. And yeah, we can run over some basic form principles, I guess, that I use when looking over the form for a race day. Yeah, go ahead, mate, because I'm horrible at it, Mitch, and I, I tend to just look at the numbers, but you you tend to dive a little bit deeper. Can you just explain to me and our listeners particularly how you go about selecting a horse? Yeah, look, I, it, it does depend on the race as to what, um, or the race day and such, as to what sort of factors I look at. Um, for example, today at Pukekohe, it looks a pretty even sort of day that doesn't really look to be much that stands out it's um the rails and the true on a fair track it's a long straight at Pukekohe so the best horses should be winning um therefore I do tend to look more at times and ratings which you know all things being equal the best horses should realistically win on days like that whereas other tracks you know the likes of Topor or um some other tracks similarly with shorter straights or more of a leader's bias potentially I'll um, tend to favour leaders on those days and look if I'm getting the right price I'll play it if not I'll steer clear but um, yeah so as I said Pugatelli is quite an even day today so it may be a bit trickier to find a couple of winners Yeah just just on that are you able to delve a little bit deeper on how we find the, the times and get a bit more in-depth on the kind of form guides. I know we go do most of ours on the TAB app, and it's all right there in front of you, but you can actually dig a little bit deeper. You can, yeah. Um, NZ website's a really good place to start. It's got um, yep. pretty much all the basic form principles you really need. It's got times, um, all the closing sectionals, as well as any gear changes, um, race replays. You know, it's all there, and it's um, they've also got jump out, reports as well as some videos which you know don't appear on the TAB which can be a key piece of form sort of um, advice I guess if a horse hasn't been seen race day for a long time Beautiful, alright maybe you can help us because you've done all your analysis you've done all your form uh, today there is a meeting at Pukekohe and it looks like the O'Sullivan Scott Stable have a few decent run- runners across the day, are you able to steer us into a couple? They do have a pretty strong team, and I won't be tipping out any of theirs today, unfortunately, which may be a good thing or a bad thing, who knows. But um, <laughs> race one, number one, Salusha, I thought looked a really good chance taking on a Sir Peter Vella debutante. Um, the key for Saluto, I think, is Jasmine Force goes on, the blinkers come off, and the side winkers go on, which typically, since it's had the blinkers on, it has been jumping really slowly. So, taking a lead here with the blinkers coming off and a positive rider and Jasmine going on. She loves rolling to the front on horses. So I'd say we could be seeing a more positive ride today and I think stepping over the mile, whereas uh, over 40, just over 1,400 metres, it should be able to um, find a line strongly if it does end up sitting close to the speed. So I think you're getting about $3.50 there, which I thought was a pretty decent price to kick off the day. And then moving forward to race three, number three, Rising Tide, Really well-bred gelding. Chad Ormsby team's going well. Um, it was probably should have won one by now, and it looks really well suited today with Michael McNabb staying aboard. It gets better gate today. Extra ground looks pretty well suited in this race with even luck and running. 
And then, as I mentioned before, I do look at jump outs, and this one really stuck out to me. It was race five, number five, Villa Balmero from the Nigel Tiley team. He only has a small team of runners, but, um, you know, he's got one of the best strike rates in racing when it comes to his home track at Pukekohe, and this horse hasn't been seen since uh, Seoul Race Day debutant, uh, debut behind Ethereal Star in November 2022. So he's clearly had a lot of issues in the intervening time. He's only had a trial since in April 2023, which was really nice behind a smart horse in Star of Justice. Um, the key thing here is that it has had a private jump out, well, not private, but it's had a jump out, um, no video footage, but won a jump out by two and a half lengths and one of the quickest times of the day there at Pukekohe last month. So I think it's positively leading into that. I think you're getting a really good price around the 480 mark for him. Shh. Katie Tiley doesn't want you to share that gravy, mate. You're not allowed to. I've had a wee dabble on it, okay? Do not. Okay, I've, read, I've got it in a multi today. So you can go for gold. It's paying $4.80. That it was uh, race five. <laughs> it's Villa Balmero. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've, you've got me really butted up now, Mitch. We appreciate that. Yeah, All right, mate. Uh, so you've given us a wee multi there. Race one, Saluto. Race three, Rising Tide. Race five, Villa Balmero. Uh, having a wee jump out. We appreciate that, mate. You are the son of the great man, Steve Davis, who, who does uh, uh, auctioneers. He's the voice of the Kanaka sales. Have you, can you give us a little something? Are you, are you keen to dive into auctioneering, mate? Have you got an auctioneering voice? No, I think I think I'll stay clear there. Is he? I'm, um, <laughs> I'm pretty happy where I am at MZTR. I'm on the administrative <laughs> side. Um, and hopefully finding a couple of winners as well as a formula. So I'll stick, stick to what I know. <laughs> All right. Beautiful, mate. Hey, Mitch, we appreciate you coming on the show, mate, and just giving us a little bit of guidance on how you go about your thing. And uh, good luck today because all the listeners would have got on those three horses. And if you're right, we'll be getting you on plenty more, mate. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too, Mitch Davis there with us from Love Racing, uh, featuring Peking Ducks to Dave Dobbin, Z in the Black Seeds, book now at thegrandtour.nz. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We'll catch up with Smithy next. Couple of minutes away from at nine o'clock, and just about time for the Doyen and Smith to take over and run the cutter until midday morning. Smithy, how pumped are you for this opening T Twenty against the Aussies? Well, I'm not going to be there, Ricardo, but I am absolutely um, all over it because I, I just think it's a golden opportunity for everyone in New Zealand to to cash in on uh, a bit of cricket fever, a bit of sporting fever, actually. And I've I've written a sermon uh, around that, and I just hope the stadium people will. Be listening, but I doubt it. Uh, oh, look, I, I am. I, I, the, I spend all summer really talking about the Australian team and raving about them working for Fox in Australia, but for reason, they're, they're the best team in the world and uh, they haven't shirked in bringing a very good team here. So I, I look forward to um, the Black Caps being challenged and one or two uh, Black Caps cementing their names into our T20 World Cup squad. If we get that out of it, I'll be happy, mate. What's the approach tonight, Smithy? Great to hear your voice, but like, do, do we have a bat? Do we have a bowl? How would you like to see that um, play, play out? Take take them on as you. Oh, look, I, you know the the stadium only has really one occasion a year where they have a drop in pitch, and I don't know the qualities mm. of it, so I don't know how long yeah. it's going to last. I, I just take the ball by the horns and have a crack at their their their, their bowling lineup. And, you know, if Finn Allen comes off, or one or two of those guys at the top of the order come mm. off, and you know, it'll get the crowd going. Uh, and uh, I. 
I don't want to hand a, hand a, a decent surface uh, to David Warner and co and say to our bowling attack, go and protect it. No, I, I just I think you, you take them on like it's a one-off game in a World Cup. You, you simulate that and you just go for it. Do you know uh, how easy it is to print onto sandpaper? Just asking for a friend, mate. Just. <laughs> what do you got coming up, Smithy? Uh, well, we've got Sid coming, Craig coming. Of course, he's got his sparks into the Halliburton Johnson final on Sunday, but he's all over everything happening in cricket in this country. Uh, so we've got Sid, and then we have got, uh, after uh, 10 o'clock, Jamie Wall, because, yes, Super Rugby starts this weekend. Let's take a start taking a serious look at that. Uh, we've got a bulletin with uh, the one and only Wednesday man, Andrew Gordy. Uh, we're going to talk racing after 11 o'clock. I hope we get the pronunciation right. Louis will kick me in the butt here. Aussie Kia, uh, who's investing heavily into New Zealand racing. So we're going to have a, a little mm. chat to Aussie. Uh, sports desk, uh, all our usual things. Who won your cr- – you've been giving away cricket tickets? Yeah, oh, we may got plenty. Got plenty. Ruben's uh, job is to scroll through that and find us some winners. And no doubt you'll be giving away some more, mate. Have a great show. Thank you. Here's Araha with the latest in news for you. Thanks to Kubota.